Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish Independent podcast. Why is a girl a slag for sleeping with a footballer? When he's married, that's bollocks. Wayne Rooney, John Terry, Ryan Giggs. What do they all have in common? Well, apart from being millionaire footballers who scored big for club and country, they've all played away from home in their respective relationships. Nobody beats England like it can beat itself. It's thought six newspapers are offering in excess of £250,000 for the exclusive. And how was the affair with Ryan conducted? I mean, where did you go? What, how did you...? We met in... Hotels. It's not a nice thing to, to have to do or to do. It won't happen again. I don't want it to happen again. And for us to, to get through it, it's tough. Recently, we've all winced at Man City star Kyle Walker's tearful public apology after fathering another child with his mistress behind his wife's back. There's been days in this ordeal where I've just wanted to curl up in a ball. You know, I've had a second child, you know, hurting my best friend. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Gemma Abbott, contributor to the UK Independent, and by Daniel MacDonald, football correspondent for the Irish Independent, to ask, why do we treat Kyle Walker and other bad boy footballers like gods, when as Gemma says it, they're really just inadequate men? Kyle Walker, more headlines off the pitch than on the pitch at the moment. Tell us what has happened with his personal life. What hasn't happened with his personal life? Uh, Where to start? Carl Walker, England defender, Manchester City, sometimes captain, sometimes not. So this week he has come out with quite a mea culpa, I'd say, with the Sun newspaper, apologising very publicly to his wife uh, for having fathered a second child with another woman. He obviously took the decision, not lightly, I would imagine, to uh, to go to the Sun newspaper and, and sort of this big apology because his wife received a message from 
Miss Goodman, Lauren Goodman. Kyle has said that he's known Lauren for quite some time, since his early 20s, but it's always been a friendship. So he's denied that there's been any kind of relationship at all, despite the fact that she's fallen pregnant twice. Apart from the two children, yes. That's quite an achievement in its own right. So Kyle Walker, to be clear, is married, has a child with another woman. The marriage is on the rocks. He gets back together with his wife. Uh, Now he's had a second child with that other woman, and now the marriage on the rocks again. How is Kyle explaining his behaviour here? He has apologised profusely. I'm used to being away for a long period of time with him, you know, with England or whatever it is in a World Cup, and you, you say night on FaceTime. So but to know that I'm not with him by my mistake, mistake probably the wrong word, my choices, that's what pains me. What he's saying happened was that when he had the first baby with Lauren, he said, presumably to his wife as well, that he would support said baby with financial arrangements. So apparently somewhere along the way, Lauren decided that she was going to relocate from her home in Brighton, 245 miles up country, very close to where Kyle lived. So he obviously must have received this information. He then requested to meet her at a solicitor's office to try and stop her from doing this, which is also where he met his son, the the first baby for the first time. And apparently from that point, they resumed contact. This was without his wife's knowledge. So subsequent to that, in October 2022, from what I understand, Carl had some kind of injury. Ironically, it was then it was then um, off to London, I, I believe, that he went for groin surgery, where he met Lauren again. And he says, unintentionally, not premeditated, he slept with her once more, which is again is quite an achievement after groin surgery, I would imagine. But I know little about groin surgery. And then gets the news that she's pregnant <laughs> again. Uh, are you still with me on this? Yeah, we're, we're, we're still here at this this quite tangled, tangled web, indeed. D- Dan, I'm going to go to you. I mean, in, in Kyle Walker's spare time, he's also a, a, a footballer. Put him in context. How, how big a deal is he on the footballing scene? He's an elite footballer. He's in the top bracket. He's not necessarily that type of household name, maybe, you know, compared to maybe English football stars of the past, that sort of the the, the more golden generation as they were christened. But um, no, no, like he's, he's the real thing in terms of football ability. And yet he's also hit some fairly salacious headlines as well in the past. Yeah, he's had a couple of instances over the years. With, with nights out, um, I think probably the more higher profile stuff was during lockdown. Um, I mean, to be blunt about it, I mean there was a, a story about a couple of sex workers being invited to his house uh, along with a friend. So again, that story made its way um, to the papers in some shape or form. Then there was another episode which involved exposure to a woman in a nightclub, and and again. It seemed like quite a chaotic night out in Manchester where, again, I suppose his conduct came under question. So he is one of those players that um, there's a there's a sort of a, a tabloid rap sheet there, I guess. Yeah, and and, and the issue with the uh, the party that he was having in his house was he was asking people as a role model to, to abide by restrictions and lockdowns and so on at the time. Hope everyone is well. Don't forget to stay at home. 
protect the NHS and save lives. Yeah, and, and like personally, I, I think I would probably have more of a problem with that, you know, at that time than some of the other stuff for me. I mean, you know, they're professional footballers. They're not priests. You know, I don't think they've signed into a moral code with their profession. You know, is there illegality? There are much more serious cases in football in the last decade than some of Kyle Walker's behaviour. Some of the personal indiscretions in his life, mm, I've, I've mixed feelings about being outraged by it, I have to say. Now, there, there is an issue here, Dan, that uh, he's not the first England footballer in particular over the course of, of recent decades to hit the front pages in relation to what people refer to playing away from home. Mm. Let's go through a couple of them. Uh, this popped up again during the recent David Beckham documentary, past controversy with him during his time at Real Madrid. Tell us about that. There was obviously you know, uh, front page stories about um, an apparent affair with Rebecca Luce, who there appeared to be a relationship there. It was lost over in the documentary. And of course, I am also guilty. It takes two to tango. It's not all his fault, but it's, it's both of us. Are you talking about the fact that he hasn't actually, in the documentary, admitted that he had an affair with you? What He's you not denied about? it. He's never denied it. He has said that my claims are ludicrous. Ludicrous is not denying. Ludicrous is a term used by lawyers to give to their clients when they don't want to admit to the truth. They say, use the word ludicrous, it will deflect attention. The famous line from that documentary being, be honest, Victoria, be honest. And yet, yet yeah. David didn't give us much info, uh, info on, on that. What about uh, an, a, a teammate of his back in the day in England, John Terry? Now, that's a more clear-cut case. Again, um, allegations about an affair with the girlfriend of a teammate, Wayne Bridge. And again, that was this was the era of a lot of footballer kiss and tells of super injunctions. And, you know, a lot of stories were kept out of the press. I think at the time, one of the issues with John Terry and how that was deemed to be in the public interest is that I think he'd been crowned dad of the year by some PR company a year previously. And as a result it was deemed fair game and and like this is the 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 area of that like if, if footballers maybe trade off their family man image then maybe it's a different story however terry's affair with wayne bridge's former partner perencel has altered the dynamic of the england dressing room bridge has already attracted public support from some though not all of his manchester city teammates confirming how divisive this kind of thing can be but the John Terry one, particularly high profile when he's playing against Wayne Bridge and there's no handshake uh, as they walk along the line before the game. So that became a soap opera. Let's go to another Beckham teammate, Ryan Giggs. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's layers to the Ryan Giggs story again. And, and I suppose some more episodes in recent years that, that are hard to really talk about. But in that era, that real, that real era of sort of kiss and tell stories, I mean, his long term affair with um, his sister-in-law, you know, his, his, his brother's wife. Ryan Giggs accepts he's known around the world for two things, his abilities as a footballer and his inability to remain faithful to his partners. Yeah, I mean, that was particularly unpleasant um, and played itself out in the public domain. Yeah, his brother, Rodri, uh, appears in recent years in Paddy Power ads talking about loyalty and so on and so forth. I'm Rodri Giggs and I want to talk to you about loyalty. I've always lived a loyal life, always drinking the same pub. Hey, mate, you want to say anything, mate? Bitter, 
Not anymore, fam. Champagne, please. Always support my country. A lot of nodding and winking going on there, but anybody who knows the backstory knows what all that's about. Yeah, and again, something that it feels almost of its time like there was a raft of stories in that early 2000s 2010s the, the peak of maybe the tabloid sting um, and footballers were a high profile target Gemma why is this so common when footballers are concerned I mean is making a, a quarter of a million a week not enough to keep them happy apparently not the fact that you know we could we could go on with that list that you've just <laughs> begun. You know, we barely scratched the surface of, you know, footballers and bad behaviour. But there's stuff going on at the moment, you know, like Marcus Rashford and the, this whole nightclub scenario, going out drinking the night before calling in sick to work. And then it just gets covered up, you know. So there's something going on in football that's like this sort of inherent thread that runs through every Premier League club. and It's like the perfect storm of, of you know, huge salaries. These guys are are paid what most of us don't get paid, you know, in, in several years. You know, they get paid that in one week. What does that do to your brain? You know, that's what I, I kind of wonder what do you do with the money but also what does that make you feel about yourself and your value and your self-worth and you know in many respects I think a lot of this is driven by the kind of godlike complex that they're given so that the money plus on top of that the admiration of millions of fans you're recognized around the world you can't walk out your front door without being shot by the paparazzi you know this stuff still goes on you know the tabloid culture still exists in this country and coupled with that, I think one of the things that, you know, I, I genuinely think is a problem is that there's no accountability here. You know, who, who are these guys accountable to? You know, when you when you think you're a god and you act like a god, there's nobody above you. Um, and I think that that's one of the issues that I think football really needs to take a long, hard look at itself and go, you know, why is Pep Guardiola defending him. Carl has put himself out there in particular. You know, he's made he has made this very public himself, obviously pushed slightly by the, the situation that he was forced into. But he made the mistake. He's out there talking about it. We we all deserve to, you know, to hear the full story, quite frankly. But the flip side of it is why why is he not being told every day, you know, Kyle, you are you are well respected. You know, you 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 are looked up to by all these kids, by grown men all around the world. You know, there is a sense of responsibility that comes with this, that huge racking salary as well. But, um, but is there? I mean, he's been paid. He's probably on about 250, 300 a week. I mean, is there responsibility on him then to basically conduct himself in a particular manner off the pitch? I, I'm not so sure. I don't I don't think there's there can be an accountability for having an affair from your employers. Like if you want to extend that to every workplace in the world, and what in what place would it be acceptable to take someone in and say, oh, you know, I believe you're having a few issues in your private life and because you're famous enough, you're being you're being you've been caught, so we should now take a stance on this. I, I'm I'm really uncomfortable with it. I think there has to be a degree of awareness, and and, and I, I think Gemma sort of touched on it there that it is true that there's a godlike existence that is cultivated by um, their life story. Like I, I remember sitting like 10, 12 years ago with a pretty low profile uh, footballer, but reasonably successful in in their parish in England, shall we say. I was talking to them about the issue and what happens when you become remotely famous. I remember they um, 
they they opened up their phone to me. I think it might have been Facebook at the time. And they showed me the sheer volume of like friend requests they had from all sorts of temptations and people wanting to, you know, do whatever, right? And, you know, you're you're talking about people without generalizing who have been in a particular bubble since they're 15, 16. They've been told they're great. Their whole existence has been told they're superb at everything. And... Like they're in the top sort of percentage of athletic ability. They're in the top you know, percentage of their wealth. And we're also expecting them to live by this moral code when they're faced with probably temptations on a regular basis that regular people just can't relate to or identify with. And I, and I want to be careful. I'm not defending the most ridiculous sort of excesses and the illegality and the, some of the more sordid stuff of people in all sports, you know, and it's not just a footballer thing and it can be a political thing as well. But I honestly think at times it's particularly unfair to hone in on on just like trivial matters of, of affairs and stuff like that. Gemma, at, at the risk of sounding uh, snooty or classist or anything like that, is there an issue around education here? As Dan has pointed out, th- these guys as kids are basically effectively plucked out of school and their their family background while they're they're still in their, their adolescence. They're told they're great. They have money thrown at them. So then basically, you know, as, as a result, they're not fully developed. How old were you when you bought your first house then? I was 18 when I you were 17. Because I moved to Man United when I was 18. Was that quite mental to you both? It was all of a sudden, and it was a matter of months. Everything just happened. We've always grew up quicker than what what we were meant to really think. If you, as a club, let's say Man City, for example, you have you, you put your academy in place, you pluck these kids out of school, you know, they don't finish their formal education, as you said. Is it then not the responsibility of that club to nurture and to educate these boys to treat them still as kids, because they are. And it's at that point when you are so heavily influenced by, you know, regardless of whether you're a footballer, the age of 15, 16, you know, you're being influenced by a huge amount of, you know, people, of role models and stuff. Why are the clubs not taking responsibility for this? Why is Pep Guardiola perpetuating this kind of, oh, you know, you're incredible on the pitch. I support you fully. Get out there with the captain's armband. Could I, could I just ask you about Kyle Walker and the uh, interview that he gave? No, I'm not going to talk about that. Not at all? Not at all. Will, will it have any impact at all no, on whether he's captain to talk of about the team? That. I'm supporting him and Annie and his family and don't talk one word about the personal issues for the players. Will he remain your captain? Absolutely, because the decision for the team, not mine. As far as we can tell, he couldn't care less how he behaves off the pitch. But no, I'm sorry, it needs to be drilled home to them that they have a responsibility in a public position as a role model to millions of kids. And I do not want my 11-year-old son looking up to someone like Carl Walker and thinking all of this is okay, because it's not. It's not okay. You mentioned Marcus Rashford. Now, in his case, he is somebody who has crossed over very much into the public realm, uh, into the political space with with his quite admirable campaigning uh, on child poverty and and school meals, delivering significant results as uh, because of the public pressure that he brought to bear uh, on on the the Tory government, particularly during the the, the pandemic. Now. 
does he want to have it both ways? Because then, as you say, he can go on the Nash in Belfast, not turn up because he's sick uh, the following day, uh, and then basically be shielded by the club. Is there an obligation on somebody like him? If he wants to be a role model one day, he has to be a role model the next. Yes, absolutely. You cannot have it both ways. In the public eye, if you do not wish to put your name out there associated with a massive campaign, and he did a bloody good job of that. He, you know, he worked really hard. He was on an excellent trajectory. What has happened since then? I don't know. But part of me is like, well, this is this. It's the same scenario. You know, why is the club? Why are his seniors not going, Marcus? And grabbing by the collar really annoys me more than anything. You know, again, it's not a character assassination, Marcus Rashford. You know what? It's not. It's not actually his fault. He's part of a system that is flawed. Why is Eric Ten Hag? supporting him, keeping it all behind closed doors. Marcus Rashford, the last few days, what is the situation there and how's his reaction to it all been? So, uh, he's taken responsibility and for the rest is internal matter, case closed. Why is he not saying, you know, I've spoken to Marcus, he has, you know, admitted to me he made a massive mistake. Say it publicly, Eric, don't say it behind closed doors. And in fairness to Marcus Rashford, he went on the lash in Belfast and he was only sick for one day. If any of us who have ever done that in the past will know, it could take you a lot, lot longer to recover. Can I ask you one, one, about one final question? I'll start with, with you, Gemma. Footballers, their personal lives, the more sordid details of it, they're of interest to the public, but are they in the public interest, these issues? This is a big question. <laughs> this leads us down the, the path of privacy and there have been goodness knows how many legal cases in that world. And, and they go on for months and months because they're very hard to, to prove. You know, the laws around privacy are, are really complex. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a lawyer, but I, you know, I, I have a real interest in this area. In my opinion, I think there's a huge grey area but, you know, I think you have to look at each case in isolation. So Carl Walker's case, I think, because it has played out so publicly. And that's, you know, it's it's not just on his side. You know, that's the, the, the girlfriend, the wife, you know, all of this has, you know, happened in a public domain. And that's a, a reflection of the times and social media, et cetera. But in that case, in particular, I think you have signed away your right to privacy. And it goes back again, I suppose, to that badge that you stick that Man City shirt on, you, you sign that contract and you are a brand ambassador for your career at that club, right? So you you are a reflection of the values of that club, of that business for the time that you are there. Dan, I mean, we can go back to the days of Georgie Best and onto Gaza 20 years later and now we're, we're looking at the, the, this current crop of players is it right that that people will look at these people as public figures and therefore what they get up to is in the public interest? Yeah, I'm not comfortable with it. I think if Kyle Walker is a brand ambassador for some kind of, uh, you know, uh, he, he sold himself and profiteered off his family man image, then I think it's an issue. It's a bit like, you know, someone in uh, false Ireland going away during lockdown or something. I think you can you can take issue with that on the basis of it. But I, I genuinely don't believe that, um, no, that, it, that some of the Kyle Walker stuff is in the public interest. I mean, I, I, I just 
I don't I think if if like footballers are paid to play football and I appreciate that they're put on a pedestal um on the basis of their status but I think there's a in my eyes I think there's a slight difference between them and politicians who stand for office on a certain code you know and and operate in a particular way um I think some of this stuff is just sort of titillation for people like people just like to talk about it what I would have more of a problem with is players who cultivate a particular image around an issue. And the obvious one for me is David Beckham, um, who, you know, in the course of his, of his glowing Netflix documentary, doesn't address the fact that despite being an iconic figure over the years and, and viewed as someone who's very friendly towards the LGBT community, uh, then signs a lucrative ambassadorship with Qatar for, like, sort of incredible money. It's another beautiful day here in Qatar. Welcome to Doha, David. Beautiful, huh? I was in Qatar last year. You're flying on the plane to Qatar and there's a one-hour documentary of David Beckham basically sports washing for Qatar for money. And to me, I would have more of an issue. And Jordan Henderson has experienced it recently even with Saudi Arabia and temporarily going there with players who presented themselves as something and traded off something and then behaving and profiting from receiving money from regimes that preach the absolute opposite. And to me, that's a double standard. I think if you put yourself out there on a pedestal in that regard and fall short, I'd have more of an issue with that than someone straying away from home in their personal life. And my thanks to Gemma Abbott and to Daniel MacDonald for that debate. I'm Fiona Sheehan and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from The Sun, Sky News, BBC Three, Amazon Prime Video Sport, The Late Late Show and The Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. We're offering Indo Daily listeners 50% off an Irish independent digital subscription. Head over to independent.ie forward slash redeem to sign up for unlimited access to premium content, e-paper, puzzles and more. Just enter the code INDO, that's I-N-D-O, to receive 50% off your subscription. Stay informed and engage. Subscribe today.